Welcome to the Divorce Survival Guide podcast, where we have open and honest conversations about co-parenting, separation, divorce, and the hardest question of all, should you stay or should you go? I'm Kate Anthony, your Divorce Survival Guide, and I'm here to help you navigate some of the roughest waters you've ever swum in and answer some of your toughest questions. I've been to hell and back, and now it's my mission in life to help you get to the other side of this process with your sanity and your heart intact. Welcome to another episode of the Divorce Survival Guide podcast. I'm so happy to have you here with me this week. Um, and uh, I got a few things I want to tell you about. The first thing I want to tell you about really quickly um, is that I now am offering transcripts of all of my podcasts. That's not true. The last three podcasts. <laughs> I'm not going back and transcribing all of them. But um, because I heard that a lot of people were having trouble um, being able to listen during the pandemic because of perhaps inquiring ears in your households, I created, uh, I've been doing transcripts. I've transcribed the last three. Um, and going forward, this will be the fourth. Um, so they're all available on my website. Um, we'll link to them in the show notes. But if you go to my website, to my podcast page, um, the ones that have a transcription available, there will be a button that will take you to um, what will look like a blog post or an interview blog post. So um, that's that. I heard you <laughs> and I'm working with you here. The second thing I wanted to tell you about is something kind of, it's kind of silly, but it's kind of fun. So I'm not sure if I've told you guys this or not. Um, you may have heard me mention it, but um, so I'm in a band. <laughs> which in and of itself is crazy. It's never anything I ever thought I would do, but it's also something that I've always wanted to do. So it's super fun. Interestingly, my son is also in the band because he's an amazing guitar player. And my ex-husband is now also in the band. Um, he got jealous after a while. He was like, I want to be in your band. And I was like, all right, come be in my band. We're called the Eagle Rock Isolation Band, and we do social distancing, socially distanced concerts every Friday at four o'clock LA time um, on my lawn, on my front lawn. And uh, we have a blast. And, you know, sometimes we're really great and sometimes we suck. And, you know, between all of our schedules and working and everything, we rehearse once uh, every week. So, and that's just to go through the music real quick. So, you know, if we pull it off, it's a miracle. If we don't, so be it, you know, nobody's getting our egos bruised around it. We're just having fun and we're spreading joy. Um, and because of that, we actually ended up this past week, uh, being featured on the voice, um, during their season finale, if you if you watched, um, they did a beautiful rendition of What the World Needs Now from all their previous um, contestants. And they showed uh, video montages of people doing exactly what we're doing, what my band is doing. And they featured us. So there's a great moment in there where um, somebody throws uh, song lyrics like a a, a very dramatic toss, paper toss. Um, and that's my bandmate, Mary, and that's me next to her. And uh, we're in there. So um, the link to go watch that is in the show notes in case you want to just for 
for a laugh. Um, but if you want to watch us live, um, uh, we would love it. I would, I would love it. Um, so you can follow us on Instagram at Eagle Rock Isolation Band and every Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern, we go live with a new set. So there's that. And then the next thing is I was going to tell you about the, the fact that I go, I'm going live, um, every week with our, my guests today, along with our friend, Susan Guthrie, every week, every Saturday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern, Susan, Ben, uh, Ben Helfond and uh, Nikki DiBartolo and I have been going live, the four of us on Facebook. We've been going live on Facebook on the Our Happy Divorce uh, Facebook page, just talking about all things divorce. It started out about the pandemic. So now we just go, uh, we're just having like, you know, conversations, we're bringing in some special guests, but it's the four of us every week. And then um, we're bringing in various guests. This week, we are bringing in Bella Gandhi, who's known as the fairy godmother of dating. And so we're talking all things dating and divorce. But this is a great segue into introducing today's guests who are Ben Heldbond and Nikki DiBartolo talking about um, their experience with their happy divorce. So from weeknight dinners and homework sessions to Christmas card photos and vacations, Nikki and Ben have created a tight-knit enviable family. They work and play well together from the smallest daily tasks to the biggest life events, and it only took a divorce to get them there. Though their marriage has been over for nearly a decade, they still share a happy life with each other and their son, Asher, along with their new spouses and children. So please welcome to the Divorce Survival Guide podcast, Ben and Nikki. Thank you so much for coming on to the Divorce Survival Guide podcast to, to tell us your story, which is awesome. Well, we're excited to be here. Uh, you know, we love uh, what you're doing. We love listening to your podcast and and, and your the way you approach things. And, and uh, with you have a lot of energy, which I love, and bluntness, <laughs> and bluntness and to the point. And, and you know, not too many divorce podcasts have the explicit warning on it, but we uh, we love that very much. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Yeah, if yeah, if you're not down with a few f bombs, my my podcast is probably not for you. <laughs> don't listen to it. If that's the just case, don't. Just, we don't. we can't be friends. I mean, that's right. Another right. We just one. can't be friends. Find another one. <laughs> exactly. So, you guys, your happy divorce. I love it. I love how. I mean, my ex and I are friends, and we hang out. We're even in a band together. Did I tell you guys? This? No. Oh my god. So my. When this whole pandemic started, I have a neighbor who's going to be on the podcast as well. And she, she's just amazing. She's got so much energy, right? And she just got out in her front lawn and started doing karaoke because she loves karaoke so much. And she's pissed off. She can't do it. So she, she stood in her front lawn. She's like two houses away from me with her karaoke machine and, she, and a live stream onto, I think it was like our neighborhood Facebook page, which is huge, and just started singing to like make people happy and to make herself happy. And so like a cup, the next day, she's going to do it again. And I was like, I'm fucking joining it. <laughs> so I went You're down up. there and I was like, hi, I'm singing with you. And we sang a bunch of songs. Oh, no, you know, we didn't practice anything. We didn't think about it. It was just like doing it. And it was super fun. 
And then it sort of started to grow. So then another neighbor down the, then my son plays guitar and he was like, I want to play. And so he played along with us. It was just the three of us. And then my, another neighbor, like a couple houses down, That's awesome. she's a singing teacher and a guitar teacher. And these are all people that I've seen every mm-hmm. day for like 10 years. And we've never really become friends. Well, now our whole block, we've created a band. We're called the Eagle Rock Isolation Band because we live in, our town is Eagle Rock. So then my ex-husband would come and watch because our son was playing, I was singing, right? And so we're all in this deal. And he was like, "Um, can I be in your band? That is so fun. (laughs) He's like, this looks really fun. Yeah, and he's so you a let great him in, singer. Huh? So we let him in. So now, like, we're, all, we're like my ex-husband and, and my son and I are in a band together, which right, I just I question. thought you guys would get a kick out. Of. That's amazing. <laughs> How often do you do this? Sorry. Yeah, no. Yeah, we do it every week, every Friday at four o'clock Pacific. So for se- seven o'clock for you guys, and our Instagram is at um, Eagle Rock Isolation Band. Oh, I have to. We're gonna have, have to check to that out. So, so and uh, that's where we live stream. You're doing covers, right? We are to- we're, to- we're doing covers. Actually, my 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 son has done a couple of originals. So I'm wondering, really like, what what would be harder to be married to a man or to be in a band <laughs> with 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 a man or an ex husband? I mean, because it's really the same. You actually spend more time probably being being in a band is probably harder than a marriage at the end of the day. Well, so a pandemic band I've, is different yeah. from a, re- a real band because we rehearse exactly once. So we're not we're not like amazing and we're mm. not well put together. Right. We can all sing. And sometimes we actually do it. Sing together. <laughs> same time right because it's hard we've all got different amps and they're all it's you know we don't have the ear things that help us hear what's going on and so we we literally get together on like a wednesday or thursday and we figure it all out and we sit on my front lawn at a social distance and we figure out what we're gonna do and we run through each song maybe once and then we get together on friday and do it i love that so amazing yeah it is like it is like karaoke but like team karaoke that's great. So yeah, so so it's easier. If we were in a full-time band together, if this like continued on, it might I I don't know. Yeah, it's it's I hard. I mean, there you know, there's, there's a reason why bands don't make it. A lot of bands don't make it uh just like marriages don't make cuz you spend mm-hmm. a lot of time with that person on the road in the studio right? practicing. I mean, it, it's it, so it intimate. Totally. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, if we go on the road, we're going to have to have separate tour buses. I mean, Absolutely. that's really just going to I mean, when we went on a vacation together, it was basically like when Ben and I took our son away, I'm sure he did the same thing. He he took a look back and probably was like, "There, see, there's plenty of reasons on why I'm not married to this woman anymore. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. It, it was a re, it was a, it's always a reinforcement in moments yeah. that, I, that I look at her and I say, I'm glad she's my friend. And yeah. not my wife. Not my wife. Right. I, I, I feel that way about my ex-husband. So why don't we t- tell your story? Give us a give us a little the the down and dirty the short version. Well, or not even the short version. We have time. Tell us your story. I think what happened during the divorce or during the marriage isn't important, and and that's an mm-hmm. important fact mm-hmm. because it, it 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 enables us to have the life we have today. Is that we don't live in the past. Yeah. Look, there's no villain in this uh, story. Uh, we both came to a spot where we took accountability for our actions and it was 50-50, took two to make it and it took two to break it. And, mm-hmm. and so, mm-hmm. you know, I think Nikki and I probably, like a lot of young couples, 
uh, got love and lust and society sort of all mixed up in one bundle. Mm-hmm. And, and it was kind of hard to tell. We thought we were in love with each other. We got confused because sort of society, we were in our mid-20s and we'd been dating for a couple of years and committed to moving to Tampa with her family. So I think we kind of got just a little blinded. And, and along the way, I think we went through every single red stoplight sign. We just flew right through them. We went right through them. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, we did. Well, I did. We did that too. We did that yeah. too. Yeah, it totally. Like, well, hold up. Should we? Nope. Keep going. No, right. no, 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 no. It's totally, I'm sure it's fine. I'm sure it's yeah. fine. Great. <laughs> and, and, and so we, you know, we got married and, uh, you know, I remember looking and, and, and Nikki's got a story too of our wedding day, but I remember right before our wedding, I was doing my hair in the mirror and I looked at myself and I remember it like it was yesterday, look, thinking you shouldn't be doing this. This is mm-hmm. not, this doesn't feel right. You know, your sixth sense or whatever you want to call it, just it, it had a heart to heart with myself. And again, didn't listen, right? Because there was 400 people at Grace Cathedral, you know, waiting. Right. And, and I literally said to myself, this is not right. This doesn't feel right. And Nikki's body told her. Yeah, my body told me, you're probably going to throw up any minute now. Yeah. And at our reception, I basically had to go downstairs, take my wedding dress off and sit. Because I was like, oh no, I'm really going to be sick. Oh so we God. had to have like a doctor go get something for n- nausea. I mean, I, we, were, we were... Reality. In other words, reality, reality set in. Yeah, reality set in. But then what, another funny that should have been a, a big red flag for us was we forgot to get our marriage license. Wait, what? Yeah. So, so we were at Grace Cathedral in so San you were Francisco. N- not married. No, we were. We were. We thank were. God. But we almost didn't. It's Friday at five o'clock. Okay. And we're like, where's the marriage license? We're at the rehearsal. At the rehearsal. You're at the rehearsal. Right. And the, and the priest, the Episcopalian priest says, can I see your wedding license? Oh, my God. And I look at Nikki. Nikki looks at me and then looks at the wedding planner. And the wedding, everybody's got like crickets. It's like cricket. It is. And we're like, wedding planner's like, that's not my like, fucking job. This is, right. this is our wedding planner's like probably 300th wedding. Yeah. So it wasn't even like. And so, uh, you know, we're trying to convince the, the, the Episcopalian that it's five o'clock on Friday. We're supposed to get married tomorrow. There's no city oh, hall yes. open. Mm-hmm. Can we do go through the ceremony and then get this, you know, certificate? No, no, no. no. Oh, no. So luckily, we uh, uh, Nikki's dad knew somebody at the uh, the old mayor of San Francisco, and somehow, some way, they got somebody to get down there to get our wedding lessons. But you know, again, playing with playing with fate a little bit like that's another yeah. uh, in hindsight, obviously. But you know, I just think that we were put on this earth for one reason. Looking back, whatever twenty two years later, however long we've known each other, that that we were put on this earth to be best friends and to, to love each other child. and to have a beautiful yep. son together. Yep. I, I, I couldn't relate or agree more. My ex and I are like, well, yeah, exactly. We were put on this earth to, to co-parent this kid. Right. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. And that's what we do best. You're right. And, and, and look, at the end of the marriage, you know, I think it's important just not to gloss over that it wasn't just all of a sudden, hey, let's have our happy divorce and let's be great best friends and let's, you know, go on family vacations mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. You know, all I knew is one type of divorce. And all I knew was, you know, my parents' child of the 80s getting divorced in the 80s was War of the Roses, right? I mean, it was... Right, exactly. It was, it was literally. all... It literally. I mean, it was... Well, um, except for the end. But as we've, we've talked... We've, right. we've, <laughs> Nobody they actually, died. They actually died in the end of that right. movie. <laughs> right. It, uh, you know, so so when I left the house, that's what I knew. You know, it was like, okay, well, I'm getting divorced. This is going to be adversarial. This is going to be ugly. Oh, he was ready to like take me down when we were starting our divorce. I, I, I was. And because right. really that's all I knew. But, but it was also because I 
you know, was in a bad space in my life personally. And, and I was at a, in a place where I was unable to accept my part in anything. And it was all Nikki's fault. And and then part of that was able to, you know, justify my behaviors and my actions and going out and getting a big lawyer and, you know, wanting to show Asher and the world of what Asher's our son, of, of what a fraud his mom is, mm. you know, and, and, and so that's what I knew. Now, Nikki, on the other hand. Mine was totally different because my parents are still married 52 years later. Wow. So for me, it was the complete opposite of that. And plus, I'm a fixer. Mm-hmm. Like I like to fix things and mm-hmm. I like to make mm-hmm. sure things are like not like feathers aren't ruffled. So mm-hmm. for me, it was, how are we going to make this child's life as close to mine as possible? So mm-hmm. I went the other direction. Like, let's make, let's just get along. Let's fit. Let's try to figure this out. Let's just. It's crazy. It's crazy to think that how rough it was for me growing up in a house with a not happy divorce mm-hmm. and, and knowing the consequences of those sort of behaviors. Right. That I, that I was, you know, so, so, and, and, but the the beautiful thing, I guess, is that it also made me appreciate my parents a little bit more knowing that they didn't sit down when they got divorced and plot out how they were going to fuck up their kids. Right. Right. Through this divorce. They were just Mm -hmm. so blinded with, with, with all the emotions that I had, they didn't know any better. Right. And and that's, I think when, when you have resentment and you have all this stuff, like you're blind, don't see that. Right. You're blinded by your actions. And, and, and people talk about kids being resilient and all this stuff. Like to me, that's complete BS. Like, I can, I can tell you. Thank you. you yes, know, I, I agree. I can, I I agree. Trauma you. is trauma. Like trauma human beings, trauma. human beings are resilient and we do weather trauma and we are collectively dealing with it right now. It doesn't mean it's not fucking having an impact. Right. Right. And, it's, right. and you're going to remember it for the rest of your life. And no matter what. Especially exactly. trauma that you had no choice in. Right. And I think right. that's the important thing is, is that it came to realize this, but also my choice wasn't for my parents to get divorced. My choice wasn't for them, first of all, to get married or to have me or to get divorced or to right. not get along. But yet somehow we were stuck in the middle of it um, and used uh, as blocking and tackling tools. Again, not because my parents premeditated the thing. They just right. didn't have any outlet or willingness to take a look at you know, their own parts. Ironically, they're best friends today. Which is yeah. so, which is so weird. But. So uh, you know, it's so funny, you guys, because we're so we have so many parallels. Which is why I love that we're having this conversation and that we're collaborating together. Mm-hmm. Because you know, I, I had the same thing. My parents got divorced in the seventies. They got divorced when I was eleven months old. They got separated when I was eleven months old. And all of my memories are of them screaming and screaming and screaming. And yeah. the you know the trauma of being put in the middle, really put in the middle of their their conflicts. And they too are really close now. And it's so cute. Like it's it's bizarre. Like my yeah. dad comes to visit and he's like, "I'm going out to dinner with your mom tonight." I'm like, "What?" Part of me still cops a little resentment. Like, why couldn't you guys have figured this out? out. You know, 25, 30 years ago. Yes. Look, everything happens in life for a reason. Yeah. And, and, you know, I I struggled. I don't blame it on it, but I struggled with addiction in in my early, uh, late teens, early 20s. Mm -hmm. Um, Luckily, you know, got sober, but, you know, that was an outcome uh, of masking the way I was feeling. And it, look, again, not my parents' fault because I would have felt that way if they weren't get, not getting along or not. I just was, I was born short-circuited a little bit, right. <laughs> uh, you know, and, and drugs and alcohol. <laughs> I was 
wish you guys could Notice see Nikki's I face right now. <laughs> silent on that comment. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Nikki's face was oh was priceless. It's yeah. true. I mean, she does know me the best, but you know, drugs and alcohol, uh, you know, put those wires together at least for a little bit. But mm-hmm. you know, it, it's just a terrible. You know, you say you have to sit there and take it, right? And that's the, that is the part that we try to emphasize to parents from somebody who's been through it. It is a terrible, awkward, disgusting place to feel, but to be when your mom or dad is talking negative about the other one, when you have to sit there and you know, and I was 14, 15 years old, I knew at that age not to say anything because it was going to make it worse. So instead, I just swallowed it, Hmm. thought it would go away and just, you know, and it's just, it's a terrible place to be. Well, and if you were going to agree with one or the other, it's going to end up coming out anyway. So it's going to be like, oh, well, Ben said this about you. Well, this right. is Ben. Right. Ben it's, it's sort of teaching. And, I, and I'm not. Like a, a, like a it is. And I'm it's not going. a therapist, but I know that, you know, the, those without dealing with it, which I never did, you think you stuff them, but they don't go anywhere. They don't go anywhere. It's absolutely yeah. true. And I, I think that, you know, the, the point that I, that I want to sort of hammer home here, and that I think we are all sort of examples of, is that, and I always say this, is that divorce doesn't screw up kids. It's how we do our divorces. That's yeah, I, read that our I read that in your manifesto. I was really, 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 uh, you were spot on that and a lot of the other things in there. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Thank you. And it's, you know, and that's, that's why we, we do the work that we do, right? We're not saying you have to stay together for your kids, right? But right. you can manage your resentments and figure your shit out. And, you know, and also to be in fairness to our parents, right? They didn't have access to the yeah. kind of personal development work that we have right. now. And therapy was for like, in the seventies, especially right? it was for right. like really fucked up people, right. you know, and let alone coaching, like coaching's only been around for you know 25 years or something or 30 years. So, you know, this is all new that we get to do this and that we get to have podcasts about this and we get to educate people and educate ourselves, right? Our parents just didn't have these tools. Oh, yeah. our parents thought we were crazy when we first started, when we were first getting divorced and we were like, we got to a point where we started to become friends. Our parents were like, baffled. They don't get it. Right. Absolutely. They don't get it. Yep. Absolutely. They're They're good now, but I mean, but before it was baffling to them. Yeah. You you know, we talked about what, you know, what happened and uh, you know what it was like. And, and, and so when I left that, like I said, I left the house angry, bitter, resentful, uh, you know, out to destroy Nikki. I went out and I hired a, you know, Pitbull lawyer, got all my research done. And I was going to get the best lawyer to go after Nikki. And I went to him and I said, I want to go out, you know, basically told him what I want to do. And he said, okay, perfect. Write me a check and I'll, I'll give you, you know, a game plan on, on what to do. And sure enough, a couple of days later, I got about a 25 page warm piece, uh, manif- not manifest. It was, a, I told him though, it's probably the same one he keeps everybody else. Right, just, just changes, changes names. names. Sure. All right, but yeah. so I got this thing and I, I didn't read it for a while and I had it in my backpack and I decided to pull it out on a plane back from LA. And I, and I started reading it uh, and I got about two pages, three pages into it. And I had a, you know, not to be too corny, but a moment mm-hmm. of clarity mm-hmm. for the sure. first time in, in many years, I got honest with myself. Mm. And I realized that one takes two to make a relationship and it takes two to break a relationship. And, and this, this couldn't be all Nikki's fault. 
And the other thing is, I, I realized that if I go down this path and read the rest of this, you know, sort of game plan on destroying Nikki, what I was going to do to my son, because I've been right. down that path. I've traveled that path right. with my parents. Right. You lived it. You lived, lived it. it. Yeah. And so I know I knew where that ended. And, and, and then the other one was a path unknown. Let's get even cheesier. The the the, uh, the, the uh, path less traveled, but but anyways, mm-hmm. but but I didn't. You know, I knew at that point that something had to change, right? I, I knew that I didn't want to go down the path of my parents and and repeat that mistake. But I didn't know what to do at that point. Like, okay, let's do something else. So the first thing I did was I fired that other lawyer and, and I started doing some research on uh, collaborative divorce um, here yeah. in, in Florida. And there was only mm-hmm. a couple lawyers doing it at the time. Um, you know, talk about resources, like it, as crazy as it seems, there was no Facebook, there was no Instagram, right. there was yeah. no support groups. Just MySpace. Yeah, there was just MySpace. <laughs> and so... I'm not really sure what we were able to find on no, MySpace. No, I love that you guys are like, you know, old like me. Yeah, right? <laughs> we're like, yeah, no, but MySpace. even as crazy as it is, like you, you know what MySpace is and you're old, but it was only, you right. know, 13 years ago. Right, exactly. Uh, it wasn't that long ago. Right. <laughs> But, and, and so we did some research. I called Nikki and I said, I, I need some time. I have to do some work on myself. Cause, it, cause on mm. that plane, I also realized that I, you know, was not a happy person. And, and like I said, the first time I got honest with myself in quite a while. Were you already sober then, Ben? Yes. Yeah. And that's, I wish I could tell you I wasn't, right? That's the, that's the humbling thing. No, it? it's not. I mean, I think that's, those are the layers of this work, right? right. right? It's the onion. It's like, yeah. oh, here we go. Here's another. And that's know? part of the problem is that I was, I was sober. I was sober about 13 years at the time. Mm-hmm. And, and, but I hadn't been working on myself. I had basically right. been a dry drunk. You yeah. know, I'd stopped doing sure. what I needed to do. And, and yep. sometimes, you know, for those listening who don't know what a dry drunk is, probably just as much damage as uh, somebody who drinks who's an alcohol can do, right? Well, they, I think, too, you had a hard time, like, feeling like you, like, finding a meeting and, like, that was, I think that was hard for you. Yeah, the move, to, the, the move from San Francisco to Tampa and the meetings were different and every, everything yeah. was a little different. So, uh, but, but luckily, I had enough foundation, right? I had enough foundation of, of, of sobriety to know what I needed to do. And, and I was willing to do yeah. it. Yeah. And, and so anyways, I, I, I called up a friend of mine and we did some work on ourselves. And, you know, I know that from the past that when I have a resentment, no matter how big it is, there's some role that I've played in it. Mm-hmm. Right. And so mm-hmm. this, this work was about my relationship with Nikki. And whenever I would start saying, yeah, but she did, he would cut me off, right? Because that wasn't what this was about. This was- That's because I was absolutely right, perfect. You were in an angel. Whole- absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's exactly what he said, actually. He said, this isn't about what Nikki did because she's perfect. <laughs> but, you know, so like halfway through reading Not. it to this guy when I was done, I, it hit me like, I wouldn't want to be married to me either. Right. I was, I was not a good husband. I was not a good father. I thought, you know, I was, I was there, but I wasn't a great father. Like I had, you know, sort of portrayed myself as, and I definitely wasn't a good husband. And, and so the, the, the ending of the marriage, again, it doesn't matter what people did or didn't do. Right. It, it, whether it's an affair or whether it's, uh, you know, just not being present, it's, it's all, it not, it's nonsense, right? It doesn't really matter at the end of the day. Mm-hmm, uh, but mm-hmm. there, there doesn't mean that you don't need to heal from it. But at the end, of the, it wasn't about what Nikki did, right? It wasn't yeah. about, yeah, but if only she had done this, she, she, you know, shooting all over yourself, right? right. And, and so then, and I know I'm talking way too much, but then I called Nikki 
I was going to cut you off, but I, I got called Nikki. <laughs> I was and, getting, I was getting to switching. Don't worry. Right. Well, I, so <laughs> I got you, leave Nikki. it at this. I got Mine's done much shorter. I got done with it, and I realized, you know, I, I had that thing of, of I wouldn't want to be married to me either. My work on myself was was not complete, but at least I realized that it was not Nikki's fault. Right. Mm-hmm. It wasn't all Nikki's mm-hmm. fault. Like mm-hmm. I had an equal part in the relationship. And so I called her and, and the next step was to, 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 to make amends to her. Yeah. I mean, and I think for me, I, I came to the conclusion that I probably wouldn't have wanted to be married to me. I, I was just selfish. Is that a good word mm-hmm. to use for me? That's a pretty good one. I was, I was very <laughs> selfish and I, <laughs> I love you guys. Oh, he's funny today. You guys um, are so, awesome. And I just think that I'm not sober. So I didn't have, I didn't do all the, that kind of work that Ben did. Mm-hmm. But for me, I, you know, I didn't have a problem going to therapy and talking to people and trying to figure out. Which you, know, you were doing. Right. Right. And, and that was, and I think for me, it was like, just sort of like a smack in the face. Like, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. Like grow up at some point in time. <laughs> You mean before you before you decided to split, or after when after. everything was kind of spiraling? After, because uh-huh. it was just uh-huh. a big jumbled mess. Right. At that yeah. Point. It yeah. was a jumbled mess, and from my perspective, like I, I couldn't have gone. We couldn't have had our happy divorce if we didn't first work on ourselves and at least come to the at least the understanding and the agreement that it takes two to make it, and it takes two to ruin it. Right. That there mm-hmm. was no villain. Mm-hmm. There was no bad way. Our book is, you know, 180 something pages. You know, it's not, uh, we you don't always want to blame somebody else. What for the book being short? No. <laughs> <laughs> Without you can blame on me when I was just like, okay, no, but you're, you're right. I mean, that's my first instinct. You want to blame somebody. You, you know? want to blame someone. Just in general. In general. You do. You, just you do. want to blame somebody. We do because it's a lot easier, easier mm-hmm. than looking at our own shit. Right. And, and looking at, at, and, and, you know, and I, I talk about this a lot in my work too, right? Even, even if we are in emotionally abusive situations or whatever, it's really easy to be like him, 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 or, or her, 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 right. The other person. But, you know, the only reason I was able, my, I do talk about what went wrong in my, in my marriage because, you know, there was a lot of emotional abuse involved, but I was also primed for it. Right. right. Like, and that's my work. My work was in healing from my childhood trauma and all of the things that got me to a place where I would be okay being in a marriage with someone mm-hmm. who had, you know, he had treated me this way since probably two months after we met. So it wasn't like it was news to me. Right. And that's not blaming the victim, right? I mean, that's the important, that like it's, it's not, not. there's a difference, no, right? It's yeah. not. And it's also not blaming him. Like there right. are facts, there are things that happened. And my ex, he, he will say to his credit, he says like, you get to own your experience. You know, he's um, also good. a long time sober guy. And he's, you know, he's like, you get to own your experience. And I, um, you know, he's not always happy about my, you know, but Mm -hmm. you know, this is the deal, right? I don't, I don't blame him and I don't blame myself, right? We all take responsibility. We both have to take responsibility for our parts and we also don't have to agree. No, no. We We still don't agree. Right. We don't, well, we don't, and we don't have to agree on the narrative. We don't have to agree on what happened. And you don't have to agree on what happened and the narrative and who was right and who was wrong and all of those things in order to have a happy divorce. 
Right. 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 Because if, if you're looking for that and if you're making that sort of one of the criteria, you're never going to get there. Well, never going to happen. And the other thing is, I don't know if, if, if this is something you agree with, but for us anyways, Mm -hmm. you know, we couldn't have now the narrative might've been different, right. Of, (laughs) of, you know, whose story is what, but, but I think that we could not have moved forward and, and had the sort of growth, uh, our happy divorce, again, didn't happen overnight, but at least take those first steps without cleaning up the past 100%. And, and, and not living in the past, right? Uh, yes, And, and so, par- so part of that thing, after I got done with, uh, you know, this inventory of myself is, is I called Nikki and I asked her to coffee. And part of that process was without any idea of what she was going to do or any expectations of what she was going to do. And really... <laughs> That's my knife noise. Right. And and no expectations that she was going to do anything back was I had to say, I'm sorry. Yeah. And I had to, you know, and I had to clean up whatever my side of the street was without any sort of expectations that she was going to say sorry back or that she was going to, everything was going to be great. But I did. And I told her I loved her and and I was sorry. And I told her about the work that I'd done on myself. And I realized that I wasn't a very happy person. And then she in turn said, I'm sorry. Which I don't think I've heard Probably since. The only or time I've ever said I'm sorry. <laughs> wow. Even now, when we fight, I don't say I'm sorry. She doesn't. Really? Just hang up. She just hangs <laughs> up, and you know, I know her. So w- when she calls me back or, or, or writes me a text that's nice, I, I know that's You're her like, way. That's sorry. That's they're, her they're, way. That's of saying her. Sorry. That's Nikki's version of sorry. <laughs> so this is so this is earth shattering, right? Yeah, that we right, both. That she said, yeah. But mm-hmm. both of us, you both, know, I mean, yeah, I was in a yeah. place that I remember and I was actually talking to a friend of mine, uh, Martin, the other day when Nikki and I were married and I was driving home from work and I was talking to him and we had gotten in a fight the day night before and I was wrong in that fight. And I told Martin uh, that I knew I was wrong, but somehow I forgot to uh, somehow I forgot to say or uh, how to say I'm sorry. Uh-huh. And I could I knew I was wrong, but I yeah, couldn't say couldn't I was sorry. It. And so, and so that's sort of where, you know, we were the relationship. So for both of us to say we were sorry and genuinely authentically say it Mm -hmm. was at that moment in time and actually probably today earth shattering for the both of us, but, but it, but it, it, it didn't clean up the records. Like it's not all of a sudden snap your finger, say you're sorry, right. but, but it was something that was like, okay, it was building blocks and, and, and building blocks and leaving yeah. the past in the past. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Nikki, what was your, I'm just curious what your experience was when you were sort of first going through this. And, and like Ben said, he was like, you know, hellfire and brimstone and coming after you. And you were sort of not wanting to, be in that space. But when someone is coming at you from that space, I definitely, I hired a lawyer, Uh but I sort of took the backseat and was kind of trying to follow and see where Ben was going to go with this whole thing. And I just kept playing in my head. I want my son's life to be as much like mine growing up as possible. So I just kept Telling myself that over and over and over again, but mm. but if anything went wrong, you were ready. I was ready. I mean, I was ready. I wasn't gonna let right. him, I wasn't gonna let him take me down. But right, but you were still holding space for this very specific thing to occur. This very sort of, and I had no idea if it was going to occur. Sure, I just kind of thought, well, let me just sit back for a little bit. There's nothing that we need to do right now, except wait. Mm-hmm. So we were cordial to each other, but it was going back and forth and dropping Asher off at each other's houses, we would kind of do it like 
newly divorced parents where we wouldn't look at each other. We wouldn't say anything. We just wouldn't come in. I would just pull out the car and have them come out. And this was, you know, at the same time where I'm trying to do this work on myself, right. And, and, And really doing double duty on, on my spiritual condition at the time, I guess, or trying to build back up my spiritual condition. But mm-hmm. Nikki, I know that she was keeping an eye, you know, one eye on the prize as far as ho- the hope, but the other eye on me and, 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 you keeping know, it open. that, that black, yeah. that black unmarked uh, El Camino that kept on following me around <laughs> uh, everywhere for some reason. But no, she, you know, she was prepared oh, either way. I knew funny. she was. Nikki, did you, did you, did you have faith in Ben, ultimately, like, was that one of the things that was help sort of helping you to go through? Did you sort of have a faith in his higher self coming around? That's you know, question. I don't think I've ever heard. I this don't, I, I honestly don't know. I think I was wanting it, but I didn't know with the way he was, if I was ever going to see it, mm. wow. you know, and when we had to start like going through like, those crazy divorce classes they make you go to. What is that class we had to go to? Parenting, some parenting class. Yeah, if you have yeah. kids in the in the state of Florida, Florida. You, you, you have to go to like this six hour class that was so. Uh, you know, Nikki and I went. We got in trouble. Well, we got in trouble, but we this was after the coffee shop meeting where you know we had made amends and we were sort of you know doing this faking it until we made it. Like we tried to make an effort to be around each other and to do dinners, even though they were slow, right? It was, right. it was, we tried to make it. So we decided to do this divorce class together and mm-hmm. go to this, go to this class together. Mm-hmm. And uh, got in a fight with the teacher. I did. And we, did <laughs> we basically got in trouble. I mean, we really did. We got in trouble because it, they're so like, they're so damaging to couples, I think. Oh, well, the, it's, the it's, classes are? Yeah. yeah like it, we just felt like we were sitting in there and like, there was no room for anybody to get along in that room. It was, it was, it was taught. It was polarizing. A, it was like yeah. a polarizing class. It, it, it was taught, I think, from the perspective that you're not going to get along. And then right? you're not supposed to be friends with your kids and you're not supposed to have conversations with your children like that. And yeah, it, it definitely was from that perspective was, that you're not going to uh, get along. And, and I was getting angry and angry because I was now on this, like uh, I, I was a uh, spiritual <laughs> giant at this point, right? I just made amends to my ex-wife. Right. She made amends to me. We decided to you know, do this collaborative process and we were working, not only that, but we decided to take it one step further and see where we agreed at the coffee shop uh, over a couple of meetings as far as custody, uh, you know, our financial settlement. And we just went through it. And so we were like burning through this thing without any lawyers. Mm-hmm. And we go to this divorce class. Actually, you know, we might have had everything settled. It was it was awful because I think that was the last step. But but we ended up sort of figuring out everything and handing it to the lawyers and say draw this up. But then we went to this divorce class, and I think that you know we had this new approach or new thing that we wanted to do. Little did we know it was called our happy divorce, but we knew we mm-hmm. wanted to do a different divorce. Mm-hmm. And we go into this thing, and and even though we wanted to do do a different result uh, divorce. Every sort of, even at the time, the collaborative process, when, when I handed the, uh, the paper to the, uh, the right. lawyer, she said, are you sure you want to do this? Like, is this, if they're willing to do X, you know, maybe you could get Y. And I, so, so, every, so every, the system. Even the collaborative, with the collaborative. Yeah, like, yeah. no, just, just write it and put in your little yeah, words and uh, right, call but, it a day. Right. Yeah. She was like trying to get me to go a little further. Right. So, Interesting. but, but the, but this was before it was really a thing, right? This was, right. It, it wasn't even part of the statute yet. It had just begun. But what I, we found was 
that the system, even from this, the lawyers, collaborative lawyers to this divorce class wasn't set up for a different divorce that evolved into our happy divorce. Yeah, it was, it right. was set up for a bad divorce. Yeah. Well, you know, and this is what we, we've talked about before, which is that when, when you guys were getting divorced, which was before I got divorced, right? You guys have been, it's been 13 years. Is that what? Yeah. And for me, it's been almost, it's been 11, I guess now this people didn't know what to do with collaborative. Right. Yeah. Yeah. This was not something that people understood. Right. And, you know, we've talked about this before that this is, you know, we were doing this long before Gwyneth Paltrow and Chris Martin came along and sort of publicized the fact that there's another way to do this. Mm -hmm. And, we were in the sort of the throes of the tabloids and, and people wanting to make it, right? I remember all of the people around us when my ex and I were like, no, we're going to do this really well. And we have like, decided, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, they're like, well, you think that now, right. right? Right. Oh, you're going into that process. As soon as you get into court, it's all going to fall apart. And we're like, oh, well, we're not going to court. And they're like, mm-hmm, sure, yeah, you're not, mm-hmm, you know? Sure. Right, <laughs> okay. Right. And you know, even I, I think I've told you this too, that like, you know, my father-in-law who loves me <laughs> like a daughter was like, you better be careful. She's going to take you for everything she, you've got and like lock down the bank accounts and don't give her access. And my ex was like, what? Yeah. Like, have you met her? Like, what are you even talking about? And also PS it's California. Like that's the other thing, right? When people say like, prepare and you know lock down switch bank like you're not going to get away with it first of all yeah and it's going to cost and you then it f- makes you look worse at the end if right. you do have and, to go to court and it's going right. to cost you a fortune because financial uh what are they called forensic uh, accounts forensics are right. you think a lawyer's forensic expensive accounts. right forensic account but 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 so yeah. like and that's the other thing we talked about and, and i think everybody who's been through this and tried to get to a different divorce or a different path hopefully a different divorce will be the old way if, if we could eventually yes, right. Right, change the conversation, which is exactly. you know, great. It's changing. But, you know, the system, like we talked about, and also friends and family, you know, it's very flawed are, are, are some have some mm-hmm. obstacles like your father-in-law, who I don't doubt loved you, but he loves his, you know, obviously he's going to side with his son. Sure. Yeah. And, and so well, the, they had to, there had to be a bad guy. They couldn't get around guy. the fact that by the time my ex and I said, we're done, like we're tapping out, we were like, really tapping out. We were like, I don't blame you anymore. You don't blame me anymore. Let's just be done with this. (laughs) Let's just be done and do something different. And we were like, there is no bad guy, just like you guys are saying. And people don't, they couldn't, they couldn't compute that. It's so funny because this, this book, I'm kind of hard-headed and Nikki's very hard-headed. But, but, (laughs) You know, it was that divorce class. Uh, and then mm-hmm. along the way that I always sort of had this. Now, we were nowhere near a, a point where we could write a book about our divorce. Right. But right, it sure. was sort of a goal. Right. Mm-hmm, that it, mm-hmm. You know, the spitefulness sometimes can be a, a you know motivator in my life and that, you know, I'm going to show them I'm going to do it differently. I'm going to show, you know, my parents, everybody that could be done differently. And so through the process is that we just showed up. We a lot of faking into. I don't know if you had to do this too, but fake it until you make it, right? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. you know, Nikki started dating somebody pretty quickly that we knew, mm. and, and you know, I would be coaching Asher's baseball game, and I remember the first time he was, you know, sort of came around. Asher ran over to him and gave him a big hug, and 
I walked over and I had a smile on my face like everything was fine. But on the inside, I I'm, knew it wasn't fine. No, I mean, they probably, you know, yeah, looking back, we on know, it, we know our ex's fake smiles. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, but like but I, A for effort, right? Like, right. thank you. for hey. Thank you for trying. And right? I didn't, I tried Good. my hardest not to make it awkward for everybody. You know, more, more, most importantly, my son. Exactly. But for everybody around, you know, even from the other parents to the to Chad, her husband now to, to everybody, because you can feel it. You can everybody's been around that couple. They that, wait for something to happen to go. Oh, right? yeah. like nothing. No, no drama happened. But but as far as the bad guy thing goes, people would read our book, our publisher, and they wanted more. They wanted more sort of like gory details and what and, and, and drama. Us, Drama, yeah, right? Drama sells more books. Right. If mm-hmm, you're looking mm-hmm. for drama, like this isn't the book, right? Because yeah, right. again, there is no bad guy. There is no, like, there, there's two reasons that there's, it, there, it does, we don't talk about what happened in our book. Is, is one, there was no bad guy. We're both equal. And, and two, our main, you know, we didn't have, like we said, all the support group. All we knew is we had to do what was best for our son. Mm-hmm. And that's been our sort of guiding light through these past 13 years. Yeah. And we make decisions. We've made decisions from the second coffee shop meeting until today on what's best for him. Him finding out what happened in his parents' marriage in a book that they wrote yeah. is not what's best for Asher. Mm-hmm. So, totally. you know, that, you know, it, we don't go into it uh, and, and it, it doesn't matter. I mean, it matters, and but it matters because we processed it. Yeah. It matters right. to you guys. It matters to us, right? So, what advice would you give? Let's say somebody is getting divorced, as mm-hmm. most of many of my listeners are, right? And they're not in this place, and they're not really sure that their ex is going to get into this place. How, like, I mean, Nikki, you were there, right? You were holding space for this sort of miracle to occur that did occur, and but like, I don't know. What do you say to people who? are on one side of it and not being met on the hmm. on that side by their partner. I mean, I think for me, the best thing I did was try to not be combative. Mm. So just well, keeping oh, your... Did you see his face? No, 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 no. You're right. And no, for, but, and I because I think the more for combative Nikki, I was, yeah. the more he was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, I, right. and, like, and I, for me, I just... As I said earlier, I was a fixer. So I basically was just like, what can we do to fix this thing? Like Mm -hmm. not fix it to necessarily, not fix it to get back together, but fix it for us to get back to where we started. Like the relationship, we were friends before this all started. So how do we get back there? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No matter what Mm -hmm. happened. Right. And and, and also there are circumstances that, you know, I think are important to acknowledge that we're not. Uh, poised to speak on of physical abuse, what, sure. you know, whatever, right? Sure. So totally. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And by the way, yeah, just like caveat that you don't need to be friends with an abuser. Right. Right. <laughs> right, right, right. Like, exactly. That's not what we're talking about here. No. Exactly. Right. But, it's a different kind. But but the, the thing is also to understand is like yours, our divorce is a process, and, mm-hmm. and it was a lot of dedication to our right. son. And a lot of tough decisions. And in the beginning, if you're listening to this, you're going through a divorce, it fucking sucks. Yeah. Sucks. I mean, it is Big like, it, you know, the, the, in my life, I have two main fuck you buttons, romance and finance, right? Mm-hmm. And, and divorce pushes those at a rapid pace. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you mm-hmm. know, it, it, it's uh, especially in the beginning is a landmine. You know, it's like, you know, sort of walking through a, landmine, a, a, a field of landmines, like one wrong step. 
and it could go south. You know, like sure. we, we, we always yeah. talk about the, the uh, I don't know if you saw the, the movie, The Marriage Story, right? Oh, yeah. But course. right in the beginning, like if she had read that letter, what if? Right. Just that simple. <laughs> like one little thing. But, one but just, little thing. Totally, right? Right. No. We didn't do everything uh, exactly what was best for Asher, but we always got back to that point of what was best for Asher. So yes. if you're, if you're, if you're yes. getting divorced, it's a process. And if you're committed to your kids, you know, you do everything sort of that we'd like to keep it simple. At least I had to keep it simple for me. Like two plus two with our decisions had to equal four for Asher. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Even right. though sometimes Keep they it simple, stupid. Right. Stupid. Even even sometimes <laughs> that equation felt like the answer was a thousand for right. me. Mm-hmm. Right. If it was four for Asher, that's all that matters. That's if all that matters. For totally. Asher, I mean, if it worked for him, that's what matters. Exactly. And, and, yes. And and there are times, you know, like Chad is a perfect example. Like, you know, Nikki first dating Chad, eventually getting marrying Chad. My ego was completely mm-hmm. shattered. Hmm. Mm-hmm. But two plus two for Asher was he had a, 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 you know, Nikki was happy. Asher, he loved Asher like I did. Mm-hmm. He, you know, respected me in my role. But so all these things like equaled four. Mm-hmm. But for, for, for my ego, yeah, it equaled a thousand. And if I had made decisions off of that, forget about it. Like we would never have been able to have it. If either one of us had let our ego make our decisions, which sometimes they did. Sure. Right, it's it right. wasn't all right, but but eventually, a lot of it, like we said, fake it till we made it, and just became naturally uh, natural. And and you know, during this COVID thing's a perfect example, really quick, is that we both talked. He talks a lot. I do. Can but, you tell? But but he talks a lot. But but <laughs> but the you know the uh, in the beginning, Nikki and I talked. It, but this is just a microcosm of our whole sort of deal, right? right? Yeah. It, mm-hmm. Is that we got on the phone, we talked about what we were going to do at each other's houses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who right. was going to go where? Who who we were going to see? Right. Because it's a collective. Because it's a collective right. decision. It literally is. Outbreak monkey goes back and forth. So if he right. one of us is going someplace, the other one's not go- going. Then we're all going to have something if someone gets it. Right. Exactly. And, and yeah. the beautiful thing with that is that expanded our sphere of of quarantine. Right. Because. <laughs> We knew, like Nikki told me that she wasn't letting anybody in her house. I told her I wasn't letting anybody in her house. You know, we were going to follow the guidelines. And I trusted her that she was going to do the right thing. Yep. And she trusted me that I was going to do the right thing. So all of a sudden, we now can, you know, is it got a big pod? We got a good pod. You know, we're not quarantined in the same house like Bruce Willis and and Demi Moore. But, but, But I don't think that if we had to, it would be, uh, well, I don't know about that. It would, uh, we'd get okay. We went to Africa. Yeah. No. By ourselves. I mean, just the three of us in August. Yeah. But so, well, but it's all of us. Is a but lot all of us. Of exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean, and we true. did that. I, I told you guys that, you know, mm-hmm. my ex and his wife and her ex husband and I and all of our children all had Easter together. That's so great. Awesome. Because we were like, we're, we're, a, we're a pot. We've got, we've got little germ monsters going back and forth between uh-huh. all these three houses. So essentially we're one pod. So we're like, you guys, let's like hang out. Yeah. Yeah, Oh my gosh. There's other people. We actually get to see and talk to other people. Totally. And I think my ex's wife was, they have their three boys. They have our son and then her son from her previous marriage. And then there's another son that, that they're raising together. And so you know, there's three boys and she's like, I just want some estrogen in the house. Right. <laughs> like, like, I just please, need to talk to a girl. Over. I, I need, need to, to talk to a, a girl. Exactly. Yeah. 
And then her ex-husband was like, I've been in my house alone. (laughs) He had self-quarantined because he had traveled internationally when this first started. And so he had been like alone in his house for weeks on end. He was just psyched to like hang out with people. (laughs) Well, that's, you know, I'm so happy to have Ben's wife, Nadia, because I'm like, oh my gosh, thank God. Thank God. Well, they also, uh, the power of relatedness. I, they have both, but, but they both know what it's like to be married to me. But you know, uh-huh, exactly, I, yeah. It, <laughs> with with the family courts, we, we you know we had this. You know, somebody talked to us about this, and the family courts sort of being closed or for emergency. They're, they're not right. really an option in most states right now. Mm-hmm. So, but, but to, to me, it presents, and people are are, are desperate right now. And des- with desperation comes a willingness, right? Desperation, mm-hmm. like your ex is ex, or your ex. What? <laughs> <laughs> not, your, not your ex's ex, your that. Uh, yeah, ex-husband's my, wife's ex. Exactly. There okay. you go. Right. He was desperate for some companionship or something. So maybe willing to put, you know, some of the stuff that happened between her. And then maybe that leads into, you know what? She's not that bad, right? And that so, bad. So, so this might present an opportunity for one people to learn how to uh, tolerate each other a little more, but also yeah. collaborate. Right. And, 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 and to talk but also make some sacrifices, mm-hmm. right? Like yeah. for instance, Asher goes to Nikki's during the day to study, mm-hmm. right? Because my house is a zoo because I have a four-year-old and seven-year-old who won't leave their big brother alone. Mm-hmm. So there's no way he would get studying. Right. Two plus two equals four makes most sense for Asher to go to Nikki's during the day, right? right? It doesn't equal four necessarily for my ego because that is, quote, I don't- It's you quote know, your, your custody right. time, right? My time, right? And, and totally. so- and, and, yeah. and so that's just another example where when you when you take the ego out of it and, and you truly are putting your kids first and you want the well-being and the happiness for your kids, it takes some sacrifice, takes some uh, maybe some time. I know that eventually it wash out. It'll wash out in the end. And I know Nikki's not doing it in spite of me. Right. right or or using we we've never used free, 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 free. <laughs> right. we've never <laughs> used Asher we've, round, we've never round. used Asher as a you know as as a weapon so right exactly and that's and I think that's really important in this in this particular time is that scorekeeping will Ugh. get you fucking nowhere yes nowhere Fast. except frustrated except for angry and frustrated and combative right and so I mean I love the analogy of you know two plus two equal four equaling four for your kid. Eggs. And if it doesn't add up for you, suck it up, Buttercup. Right. Put, <laughs> your, bad. You know. put, put your big boy pants on. Yep. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I and I do want to say, I'm, and I'm glad you you touched on this, is that you know I want to caution people to not compare where they're at in their process right. to where Ben and Nikki and I are in our process or anybody else right. or anybody else or anybody else. Right. Different. We can be used as sort of inspiration and that's what we want. We mm-hmm. want everybody to be able to end up in a place where they sort of see a happy divorce as something that they can work to achieve. And we have tools and your book goes into this and my work is all about this, right? There are, there are things that you can do to try to accomplish this, but it's taken us collectively a, you know, each of us a decade yeah. to right. get to this place. And so don't be comparing where you're at now. You know, that's sort of comparing your insides to our outsides. Like it's just apples and oranges at this particular juncture. And that's where it's sometimes like, I feel like, you know, if, if I put myself 13 years ago, listening to Ben and Nikki on this podcast, I, th- I would think that they're probably speaking Latin. 
right? Because mm-hmm. uh, it probably was... We just wanted to tolerate each other. Right. Like be in the same room and not make everybody uncomfortable. That was our goal, really. Yeah. You know, forget about living six houses. Forget about Nikki and my wife being best friends. Get Chad and I doing... Th- and like, that wasn't even in the comprehension. And I, I use the analogy uh, when I first got sober and, and having counting days, right? And right. sitting in a room... Yes. And, and, you know, they'd give away chips or markers of sobriety and somebody would pick up a 30-day chip or somebody pick up a 60-day, 90-day. And in the back of my head, I'm like, they're full of shit. There's no way somebody stopped, you know, that guy hadn't drank or used drugs in 60 days, right? And then they'd get to the years, right? And it'd be like one year, five year, 10 year, 50. You're like, am I ever going to get there? No, I was like, they're all lying. (laughs) There's no way, right? But but so that's the sort of, but then, you know, I kept on showing up and I kept on doing it. And, you know, 25 years later, here I am. Here I am. But, and that's the sort of thing is, is it's not, and it's so important for people to hear this. This wasn't an overnight thing. Right. Four years, Nikki got married to Chad and she called me and we had a good relationship. um, And she said, look, I want to talk to you about my wedding. And I want to talk to you about, uh, my rationale behind not inviting you. And she explained it to me mm-hmm. and she, you know, it made perfect sense mm-hmm. when I'm looking at it from a, you know, not all about Ben's standpoint. Right. 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 It was simply that she didn't want people to be worrying about how I felt or how awkward it was or, you know, and, and yes. it, this was her day. And so fine. Right. And so, yeah. it, it, you know, it was not a big deal. I think now I look back and I probably shouldn't have felt that way. No, you no, you should. It was exactly where you were supposed to I, be. Right? I would feel that way. Yeah. I would feel that way. I, I think that there's, like, I, I would, you know, I haven't had that opportunity yet, but I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> right. and, and then two years later, just to show you how relatively quickly it sort of evolved, I think it was two years-ish. That how long I, have you been married? Well, that's a good question. Um, sorry, I just, uh-oh. Sorry. No, no, 2012, right? Eight years. It'll be eight years in May. But so two years later, because you just had 10 years. Yeah. So two years later, I get married to Nadia mm-hmm. and Nikki's there. Mm-hmm. Her husband's there. Mm-hmm. Her whole family's there. Mm-hmm. And it was just sort of natural. It wasn't like, you know, I had that conversation with her. I was going to invite her to the wedding because we had progressed that much in two years. So yeah, right. It, it was progress, not perfection. And you know, you've heard, you know, it, it, it wasn't, it, it, it was Baby, baby, baby steps at the end. And now it's sort of I brought your wife's wedding dress with me. She did. Oh. So, okay. I have a question about Chad and Nadia and about how they, how willingly or what the process was like in getting them on board with your relationship. Like, which became... Which was primary, like, where do you, I have, a, I have a podcast episode and a blog post about the shifting of primary, right? And like, when you're in a new relationship, that person is sort mm-hmm. of becomes your primary, has to become your primary person. And there's a process in that, like you're shifting roles, really, this is about roles, right? And so how did you guys, how did that all happen? Well, I'll shorten the story. Okay. Because Ben will talk too long. Well, for instance, when... Obviously, I didn't know this was happening. But when Chad was going to ask me to marry him, uh-huh. he called Ben and asked him to coffee and basically asked Ben to for his blessing on marrying me. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Ironically, at the same coffee shop yes. where Nikki and I met at the same table outside of the Starbucks. And, oh, wow. and, and not only that, but he cleared up some things that he might have thought that I had thought, right? About yeah. it. 
this about him moving in on your (laughs) right like Mm -hmm. or not waiting for the body to get cold or you know (laughs) whatever it is that that he apologized and then he asked if if it was okay for him to marry uh, nikki and and despite my uh trying to talk him out of it (laughs) he uh he looks like take her look if i had said no he still was going to do it but at that point right but we knew then that he was that he bought not bought into but he was part of what we were trying to accomplish right and he had he had yeah he had bought into he had bought into it he had he had bought into our relationship he had co-signed the agreement right Right. Mm -hmm. and 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 it was pretty it wasn't easy right with nikki and i just being two people in a wheel or or, or a bicycle rather with two wheels yeah Uh, then we added two more wheels Uh and became a car Right. Yeah. You know, and uh, and just like a car needs all four wheels to roll, right? Uh, uh, same direction, is it right? Our <laughs> uh, right, right. Our, Nikki and I, our our spouses, all have to sort of buy into the, the, this process. And I love Nadia uh, to death, right? And, and and but I don't know if I would be with her if I felt that she wasn't going to at least try to put ego aside and to do what we were doing because that's how committed. I was to our son, right. not to not, not necessarily to Nikki, but to no, our to, to, to your son. Yes, to trying to be the parents that we knew we needed to be for him. And it together. was right, and it was hard with just Nikki and I. And I knew that, and I've known and I've heard experiences of other people, you know, sort of doing it, moving along, and then comes step monsters, the step monsters, <laughs> right? And, yeah. and they can throw a wrench into that wheel, yes. you know, that proverbial wheel. So, and what has happened since then is. Nikki and Nadia have become genuinely good friends. Mm-hmm. Nikki's respected Nadia and leaned on her for advice about parenting. And vice versa. And vice versa, mm-hmm. right. So they talk about, now, now they talk about me, right? But they also talk <laughs> about like, <laughs> if there's an issue with Asher, like Nikki doesn't get so involved in her ego that she's like, oh, no one else is going to teach, tell me how to mother my child. Right. But it, it, it's a mutual respect because right. everybody knows that it's, it, everybody wants what's, you know. There are four people it. parenting w- one, one of your children, right? right? And that's, and that's a reality, right? And so, yeah, absolutely. When there have been really difficult things going on in, in our parenting, you know, my ex and I will talk all the time, but his, his wife gets involved because she's, right. she's my son's stepmother, yeah, and, 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 you the, know, and yeah. I don't mean to sound apathetic when I say this, but it, you know, in the beginning, and, and to the most part, is Nadia understood not her. She, she stayed in her lane. Like yeah, she right. understood that she didn't want to make Nadia or Nikki feel threatened, or that she was trying to be mommy. Mm-hmm. And so, for the big ticket items. In the beginning, Chad and 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 Nadia sort of let Nikki and I discuss, sure. right? But now. You know, we have family meetings when the rare occasion that our son does something wrong that, that we have, we, the four of us sit down. He does do it, though. He does do it. Oh, yeah. But, you know, we, the, four us, the four of us. Teenagers. <laughs> oh. And we talk yeah. as parents yes. to this child. Mm-hmm. Nikki, it, it was funny because she'd asked me in the beginning. She sort of knew that I was going to go out and sow my wild oats and uh, not really buckle down in a relationship right away. And, you know, I told her that I never wanted to get married again and all this stuff. And she made her request. Blah, 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 blah. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> never two kids say later. Never, right? Yeah. yeah, right. <laughs> and she had asked me not to bring, you know, Mercedes or Diamond or, you know, uh, whomever around Asher. Mm-hmm. Literally Mercedes. Right. And, and, and for me, 
you know, looking again, the two plus two or what's best for Asher. It wasn't, who are you to tell me who I can and can't bring around my son? Yeah. But, it, but, but what was best for him was to not have a revolving door of women best. in his life. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, you know, and, and my transition uh, into introducing Nadia to Asher was long. I think it was like about a year before they met. Asher was the one who actually was the catalyst of, of them talking for the first time, which of Nadia and I talked. Well, Nadia, yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. My son did that too with my, with my ex-husband's first how, girlfriend. How did he do that? Well, he was always talking about her. So like, you know, we'd be lying in bed and he'd be like, and Sarah did this and she made me a, you know, a treasure hunt for my birthday and Sarah did this and I'm lying in bed going, Uh, you're like, screw Sarah. Sarah. Like, right, you know, I was, I was like, fuck this bitch. Right. But, you know, on the inside and then on the outside, I'm nodding and oh, that's Uh wonderful, honey. I'm so happy. Right. My ego is like taking a beating. Oh, yeah. yeah. And like, oh, you know, that's so great. She's so much more creative than I am. And she's (laughs) She's such a better person more crafty and isn't that sweet and you know eventually he was like mommy I really want you to meet Sarah she's so fun and she's this and I was like under no circumstances do I actually want to meet this woman Right. And this is not yeah. him. This is not Sarah the woman he ended up. Shove her crafts up her butt. I don't <laughs> totally. Like, right? Fuck her. But I was like, I guess, like, there's no good reason that I can explain to a four-year-old why this is why? not, why I can't do this. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay. <laughs> and, you know, I showed up at my ex's house and Sarah came out and we stood and we talked. And you guys, she's lovely. Yeah. And we're actually good friends to this day. Yeah. Her relationship with my ex-husband didn't work out for a variety of reasons. And, but she and I are still friends. <laughs> oh my God. That's my yeah. biggest fear. That's so funny. She still that's calls funny. my son on, awesome. on his birthday and you know, they, they're on Instagram together and it's like, I mean, it's, it's great. Right. But at the, at first I was like, Ugh. and she was just lovely. Lovely. Well, I kind of felt that way. I kind of felt that way too. I mean, I know Nadia's what she's almost ten years younger than me, so I was like, oh. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But but oh. you mm-hmm. know, the, yeah. So is my the, so is my ex as well. When when before I had gotten a chance to meet Nadia, I would always when Asher was at Ben's house, I would call him to say goodnight. Yeah. He was about four ish, so I would always call him and say goodnight. So I called him one night to say goodnight, and he starts talking to me, and he starts talking about Nadia. Yeah. And he says, oh, you know, Nadia's getting ready to put me to sleep. This, this, the, you know, the daggers go in my heart. I'm uh-huh. like, why is there some girl putting my son to bed and blah, 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 blah. All those things go through my head. And so then he says to me, hey, mom, do you know Nadia? And I said, no, honey, I haven't had a chance. You know, I haven't had a chance to meet her. And he goes, well, hold on a second. Here, talk to her. And he hands oh. the phone to her. Oh, and God. I was like, oh, God. What am I supposed to say to her? Jesus. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. And, and right. Mark, and that's what happened. But it was him. It was his way of saying, "Hey, hey, you know time. what, you guys, it's time." Yep. Yeah. And we and we we talked about it earlier in, in, in this podcast, but but the idea that kids are resilient, and smart, uh, and and they're so much smarter than we give them credit for. So Absolutely. And, and and it was his way at four or five years old. However, oh, and hey, this is it, Mom. It's time. Yep. I see Dad. I see Nadia. How happy they are! It's time for my mom and Nadia to meet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, that's what Emmett did with, uh, with Sarah. 
Yeah. God and emotionally, her. you know, the, the, the emotionally challenged individual I am is trying to plot and try to figure out how they're going to meet and when the right time is to meet and trying to overthink it. And then it was my four-year-old who just handed Nikki the phone and said, here. Exactly. This time, figure it out. You grow two. up. Grow up. Grow like, up. <laughs> yeah. Stop it with the machinations. We got this. Yes. It's right. like, we don't need all this junk. Just say hi. Yeah. It's so, it's so true. And, you know, and again, you know, here's what I have to say is that it's a testament to the work that you guys have done on yourselves individually. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, if I can, I can, I can speak for myself too. the work that I had done individually, that when I got that call, when I got that, when Emmett was like, it's time to, to meet Sarah, that we met, we actually met that moment with grace, mm-hmm. right? Because yeah. If you don't do the work on yourself and you're not processed through and you're still full of resentment and you're still blaming your ex for all sorts of stuff, when that moment occurs, this is a teaching moment for your child. And meeting that moment with grace teaches them something. Meeting that moment with vitriol or or weirdness or nastiness or no, I don't want to fucking talk to her or whatever it is, that is a te- that teaches your children something else. And it lays the groundwork. Yep. hundred percent. hundred percent. And that's what the journey to our happy divorce ha- has taught us is that uh, ironically, you know, when you, when you call it selfless, but, but, but it really was because really what it was is p- being parents, right. And, and yeah. taking the, we broke our marriage vows, right. Which right. happens, yep. but you know, we never, we never, there was a period there for a little bit where we were going to, but we, we since then we never broke our vows to our for, to Azure, right? And that was to protect him and to do the best for him, no matter what our baggage or no matter what right. shit we brought to the table. Try to make his life as normal as possible, and and not have him face the consequences of our decisions. Exactly. And with that all being said, today our life is amazing, right? We don't hold on to this like. Anger, it amazes me. To see, it doesn't amaze me. It saddens me mm-hmm. to see couples who are remarried. They have other kids. They're, they're happy. Just they, they found their love and like nasty life, towards their but, ex. But yeah. then they hold on to this, you know, resentment and this anger, and they can't see the forest through the trees because they can't see that it, all of it happened for a reason, right? It all evolved into. So yes, our the Asher's life is better and and as normal as it can be under the situation. But in turn, our lives are so much better right. and so much happier. I mean, I could sit here with my ex-wife, call her my best friend and, and uh, tell her I love her. Completely different kind of love, mm-hmm. right? Not mm-hmm. in love, but love. And we just kind of got in love and uh, love confused <laughs> for a little bit. And they, uh, but that, you know, it is what it is. But we're happier, better people. We're better husbands. We're better wives. We're better parents. And, uh, and all around, better people. And, 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 and through, in, in my own life, pain is, is a great motivator for change. But I have to change. You know, I have to be at least willing to uh, look at my side of the street and clean up my side of the street. And none of this would have been possible, I don't think, if we both hadn't done that. Yep. Amen. You know? Amen. Amen. Ben. I think that is a great place to leave it. We could talk about it all day. And we will, we will, talk, we will be talking again soon. So... <laughs> Well, we're glad. Thank you. Yeah, you guys, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your wisdom and your story and for, for doing this work. I know, you know, you've said that this isn't your work, actually, right? This isn't what you guys do for a living, but this is your passion project. Seems like it is now. Right. Yeah. It, but this is your passion. And it this is. is, and that's what's really beautiful. You're not trying to, you're literally just 
trying to spread sort of the gospel yeah. of happy right. divorce, yeah. right? Cool. We're just trying to share our story and yeah. it takes people, you know, like you who also have experience, but who are professionals, you know, we've met uh, even lawyers, right? Sure. The, uh, mediators and people who are, are, are share our values, right? And, uh, it's so nice. It, this book would never, if this was my idea, you've gotten to know Nikki over the past hour, but she's sort of a reserved person. It took me a while to try to get her, convince her to write this book with me because I would never have written this book if it wasn't with Nikki. Right. And so... It would have been like my happy divorce. Yeah. <laughs> my happy divorce, right? <laughs> but but, it, but it, it, it doesn't work. Right. Our happy divorce doesn't work without the two of us. Just like it took two of us to ruin that relationship yeah. of our marriage, it took two of us to make yeah, our happy divorce. Sure. And, and she stepped outside of her comfort zone. And she's opened up and she's evolved. And, you know, this is, this is truly, like you said, an altruistic thing for us. And, and I, in my own life, have changed or at least been willing to change through the power of relatedness, mm-hmm. right? I, I've talked, if you keep on talking about my disease of alcoholism, but I talked to plenty of doctors, plenty of therapists who said, you know, you might want to take a look at your drinking problem, mm-hmm. right? Or my al- a drug problem. But it wasn't until I sat with another alcoholic, another drug addict and heard their story. Yes, exactly. That I could relate. And, mm-hmm. and it was like, I want what they have. Mm-hmm. And we hope that people can read this book or hear this podcast or whatever we're doing and think to themselves, I want what they have. Yes. And, and, and the message is, and we're, we're convinced of this, that if Nikki and I can do it, two hard-headed type A, you know, <laughs> oh, yeah. that, that, that we're convinced that anybody can do it. Now, there are different, there are different levels of it, right? Mm-hmm. There's different, our happy divorce isn't going to Africa. Right, you with, just have to find your little space. There, there's right. plenty of different it's definitions. It's not a formula. It's not a formula, it's not a formula. but it's a, but it's a possibility. You. Exactly. Right. And, it, and it doesn't all look the same either, right? Even if we had kept, had the original thing of us being able to be in the same room without everybody feeling that palpable taste, then that would have been a win. Mm-hmm. And some people do that. And that's a happy divorce. Yeah. But as long as we don't give our kids our nonsense. Zip it. Yeah. <laughs> I told you he just talks. It does. It's great. It's great. I adore you guys. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you very much. And Our Happy Divorce, it is available at ourhappydivorce.com and on Amazon. Yep. And links in the show notes, obviously. So, Kate, you're the best. Thank you so much. I can't wait to work with you again. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Divorce Survival Guide podcast. If you like what you hear, head on over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen in and leave me a review. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram at the Divorce Survival Guide. I'll see you next time. And until then, remember, you, my love, deserve to be happy.